You're listening to audio from Highland Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. To find out more about Highland, go to www.hbcwaco.org. Amen, and good morning to 10 o'clock. Glad that you're here today. We, we begin a, this, this new year, I, I pray, with great God-sized hopes for, for 2023. Everything I share today, let me just say right up top, we, we hold all these plans very loosely. Jesus is the head of the church. And the great joy we have this year is just to follow Jesus in, into all things. We did the same thing in January of 2020 and said, man, we have all these plans. And then God said, well, actually, I have completely different plans for your entire nation and for the entire world at this point. And so when we hold these plans before you, just know that we hold them very loosely. Now, we cling to Christ tightly. We, we hold on to his plans. We hold on to his faithfulness. But any plans or any visions we feel like we may have really are our best guesses of what God might have in store for us this year. If you have a copy of God's word, would you go with me, please, to the book of Colossians in the New Testament? Paul is writing to the church of Colossae. He um, was writing to them with, with great affection, great love. The book of Colossians in the New Testament is 12 books in, so it's after the Gospels, Acts, Romans, then it's Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. We'll be in Colossians chapter two. We're gonna read through it, and if you don't mind just keeping your Bible open, make sure we understand what God would, would say to us. So Paul is writing this, and he's being led by the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit to say something to the church of Colossae, it's the same thing that's happening this very moment. We're asking the Holy Spirit to use the word to speak to us today. I hope you don't come to church to hear a speaker. I hope you don't come to church just to hear what the preacher guy has to say. Come and let's gather as God's people to see what God has to say to us today. And when we go to his word, we're hearing what the Spirit of the Lord would say to us. Colossians chapter two, beginning in verse one. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I, I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible Arguments. Don't, don't close your Bible, but let's unpack that together. Paul loved this church of Colossae immensely. He had a deep affection for them. And let me just say, I, I get that. I love this church so much. I love the people so much. I love you so much. I understand when, when Paul has a great love for a local body of believers, I fully understand his great love. I have an immense affection for you. Not infection, affection for, for all of you. When, when I miss a Sunday, I'm out of town, I, I hurt in my gut. I feel it. I, mean, I long to be with my, with my family, with my brothers, my sisters. I long to be around the generation above me so I can look to you that you're continuing to walk in the faithfulness of God. I love gathering at the Highland family, seeing the generation below me, that I might encourage them that, yes, all of these years, all 53 and a half years so far, God's been so, so faithful. I miss you when I'm not around you. I, I long for Sunday mornings to keep coming around. 
I love the gathering of God's people. I understand Paul saying this. Paul longed for them to be everything they could be. We see that in verse two and in verse three, we really see four things that, that Paul longed for his church, that church at Colossae. It's the same things that, that I would say I long for our church family as well. First of all, he wanted their hearts to be encouraged in verse two. He wanted them to be knit together. That's that sense of unity. He wanted that church family to be knit together in love. He wanted them to have a full assurance that that rich assurance of knowing Christ and knowing that you belong to Christ. He wanted them in verse three to be wise, to, to be knowledgeable. These are the things that Paul hoped for the church of, of Colossae. Paul longed for them to be everything that they could be in Christ. So why the struggle? Because in verse one, it says that he was struggling. It's the Greek word agon, which is where we get our English word agonize. He was agonizing over this church. Why would would Paul feel an agony over the church of Colossae? Why would he be struggling with this church? Well, it's because of verse four. Because Paul knew how easily the church could be deluded or, or deceived by the things of this world. So Paul was aching. He was, he was agonizing because he loved that church so much. But he also knew that that church had at least the tendency or the, at minimum the possibility of stepping into the philosophies of this world. That's really what most of the book of Colossians is about or following a false gospel, or following a, a false teacher. So he was struggling, he was agonizing that that was a church that could be deluded. It was a church that could be deceived. Now let me ask you a couple of questions this morning. Do you love a local church like that? If you're a Highlander, do you love Highland in, in this way? Are you pursuing with great intentionality the health of this church? Do you long for Highland to be everything she can be and should be in Christ Jesus? Because really, this passage should be a reflection not just of the pastor of the church or the person who's writing this letter. It should be the heart of the church. You. That we all long for Christ to do something eternal within us, within the, this body, that we would all contribute toward the health and the strength of this local expression of the church. You know, the church is the beautifully designated bride of Christ. The, the church is the solely designated carrier of the gospel to Waco and to the world, to this neighborhood and to the nations. And to go back to a TV title from 12 years ago, the church is the designated survivor in the end times. You probably know this, but let me just tell you again, only the church survives in the end. And when I say church, we're not talking about Highland and Harris Creek and Antioch and Columbus. I'm talking about the people who belong to Jesus. They are the carriers of the gospel. They are the bride of Christ. They are the ones who endure until, until the very end. And so if you're a note taker, you might want to write this down. This may be worthy of writing somewhere in, in your Bible. The New Testament does not make sense unless you read it through the lens of a local church. The New Testament, if it's been confusing to you before and you don't belong to a local church somewhere here in Waco, and again, if it's not Highland, I'll give you a list of 20 other incredible churches in Waco. The New Testament really is jumbled unless you read it through the lens of belonging to 
and contributing to the emotional, uh, excuse me, the spiritual strength, the spiritual health of, of a church. The New Testament does not make sense unless you read it through the lens of a local church. That's why when people say, I love Jesus, but I don't love the church, or I love the Bible, but I don't love the church, they're missing the intent of the New Testament. That Christ came to build up his church. And then the church becomes heaven's outpost. That the church becomes the embassy of heaven on earth. 99% of the New Testament is either, first of all, written to churches, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, James, even, even Revelation, or it's written to leaders within that local church, Titus, 1st and 2nd Timothy, Philemon, 1st and 2nd Peter, 1st and 2nd 3rd John, Jude. You go back to the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John tells us that Jesus is going to build his church and that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And the book of Acts is all about the planting of churches and the spreading of the churches. In fact, the word church is used 42 times just in the book of Acts. That means I only left out one New Testament book, the book of Hebrews. And I think I could make the argument that the book of Hebrews was written to a community of believers, a church that was slipping back into traditional Judaism. So if I'm right, 100% of the New Testament, you have to read through the lens of a local church. If I'm wrong on Hebrews, 99% of the New Testament, you have to read through the lens of belonging to a local church. The New Testament does not make sense unless you read it through that lens. Colossians chapter two, let's keep going, verse five. Paul says, because he's not there, for though I'm absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit. I'm rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Two things that made Paul rejoice. Two things that the greatest leader in the first century church rejoiced over in the local church there at Colossae. Did you see it? Two things. One, their good order. Secondly, their firm faith. Their good order. They were organized, disciplined. They had a plan. They had a vision. They had direction. They were on, on mission. Uh, that word good order in Greek is the word taxis, and it was a military term of, a, of, a, of an army marching in the same direction, an army that was disciplined on its mission. And so Paul looks at that church at Colossae and says, I'm rejoicing over this. You're an organized church. You're a disciplined church. You have a vision. You're moving in the same direction. You're, you're moving on mission. Then he says, I rejoice that you have a firm faith. They trusted Christ for all things known and all things unknown. My translation says they had a firm faith. Your translation might use the word steadfast or strong or stable or solid. In other words, they were not going to waver in their faith in Christ. And so just like the church at Colossae, the year ahead for Highland is gonna require those two things. Good order, like a plan, how we're gonna move forward on mission, discipline of vision, but it's also gonna require a stable faith in what we cannot even see as we stand on this precipice of 2023. So let's talk through the year ahead. We are a church that will gather again around God's word this coming year. And here's where we're headed in the year ahead on, on Sunday mornings as we gather around God's word. Next week, we begin a brand new series called The War of Prayer. And we're gonna be in the 
the chapter, the sixth chapter of Ephesians for about five weeks to, to see what scripture would say to us, how we fight spiritual battles and how we stand in victory and how we put on spiritual armor that we might stand in the victory of Christ. We begin that next Sunday. Then we begin a four-week series called God in Three as we try to wrap our minds around the triune God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, and knowing this triune God, how God the Father, the Son, the Spirit, how that applies to our lives on a Monday morning. In other words, it's not going to be four weeks of ethereal theology, but four weeks of how do we understand the Trinity and apply it to our lives during the week. After that series, we come to Holy Week and Resurrection, a series that taken this title from C.S. Lewis, he's the king. We're looking at the king who would come, the king who would lay his life down for us, and the king who would rise again. Then we'll begin a very significant series called Great is Thy Faithfulness as we prepare for the centennial, for the 100th anniversary of, of Highland. A few months ago, something really special happened. A descendant of our very first pastor back in 1923, Pastor R.E. Smith, one of his descendants gave to us all of R.E. Smith's sermon notes, which is amazing, folders of his notes that he had taken as he preached to, to the Highland family of 48 people, 50 people, 75 people. So I'm gonna take those, some of those sermons, I'm gonna take four weeks of his sermons, I'm gonna plagiarize the heck out of them, and I'm gonna preach four weeks of what our spiritual forefathers at Highland heard 100 years ago. And we're going to get to go through that. It's, it's, the hard thing is he preached here for seven years. So I have about 500 sermons to choose from. I've got to narrow it down to four. But every time we, we hear the word being preached in that four-week series, it's just a reminder that God's been so good and so faithful as we consider this own, our own church family here, the local expression of, of Highland. Looking forward to that. Then a series in the month of May called Mountaintop. God, if you have not recognized this, Old Testament, New Testament, like he loved to do fantastic things on the top of mountains. And we're gonna kind of go through and see some of the incredible things that God did on mountaintops all throughout scripture. Then this summer, we're gonna walk verse by verse, word by word through the book of 2 Corinthians together in a series called Weak Made Strong. Because one of the major themes in the book of 2 Corinthians is that we can look at our own lives and see our own weaknesses. We see our own vulnerabilities and God loves to step into our weaknesses and make them strong. God loves to step in and be our strength in the middle of our vulnerabilities. Then we start the fall semester on August 20th and everybody's back in town with a two-month series called Hillside Radical. And we're gonna take what most theologians believe is the best sermon of Jesus, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount. And we're gonna do a deep dive into that to see what the Lord would say to us from that sermon at the beginning of October, a really practical series called My Prayer Life Could Be Better. And we'll walk through how to pray, best practices in prayer, creative ideas in developing an authentic, um, dynamic prayer life yourself. Maybe a prayer life for you. Maybe a prayer life for your home. Maybe a prayer life for your family. A prayer life for, for your housemates, your roommates. Prayer life in your marriage. Like, how, how do you press that forward? Because I think all of us in this room, speaker guy unbelievably included, could say, my prayer life really could be better. I could grow in prayer. I could increase in that. And believe it or not, that takes us all the way to Christmas of 2023 in a series called Christmas Past. Uh, I mentioned Centennial a few weeks ago, a few moments ago. We've been mentioning it the last few weeks. 
just want to remind you that that is going to be on Sunday, May 7th, that evening. We've rented out the Extra Coast Center. Um, it's going to be a time for the whole church family to be together. And, and I, I will say this, I hope, 50 times between now and that day. We are not celebrating how great Highland is. And we're not celebrating all these great accomplishments of Highland throughout the past 100 years. In fact, if you were to stack up our incredible uh, things that we have done as a church in the last 100 years and stack that against God's faithfulness toward us, you would realize, well, we're just going to celebrate the faithfulness of God toward this church, the goodness of God toward us. And so that evening, about 4,000 will, will gather together. We've already sold 1,000 of those tickets. And so um, if you've been looking to, to be a part of that, we'd encourage you, because we're still about three months out or so, to go ahead and get your tickets. They're $2 a piece. And so if you need a scholarship to go, we'll be glad to help you with the $2 ticket. But we'd love to see you on, on that night on May 7th for us to celebrate. 125-voice choir. Some of the former pastors will be there. It'll be a great night to celebrate God's faithfulness toward us. The goal of Centennial is to raise $150,000 so that three new church starts in Texas will have $50,000 a piece to kind of do some special projects that they want to do. In other words, God's been good to us for 100 years, generous toward us for 100 years. Let's pass that generosity along to some churches that are just getting started in our state. We're gonna have a couple of videos that night on May 7th, and here's a little trailer to kind of help you understand what we're talking about. Well, I think uh, because of the tremendous hurt the church had experienced uh, what I saw there the first time was just that through the grace of God and the graciousness of the people, they worked through to healing and forgiveness and new freedom. It was a beautiful thing to see there. We were a community church across town, but a church that did love, a church that had not only great love for people, for the community, but also a church that was committed to prayer, committed to loving Lord. And it was uh, an amazing experience uh, because I think we all learned God's faithfulness through the periods of the tough times and there were many, uh, many experiences that uh, bonded us together. I went to Highland with a friend when I returned from school after that summer, and I sat down in the congregation and God was there. I mean, that's all I can say. The presence of God was so real and so tangible. I said, well, this is my church. So we'd love to see you that night. In fact, when this gathering is over, there's a centennial booth out in the lobby. And if you want to go and get your tickets for that night, you can do that. If you're interested in going ahead and giving some money toward that $150,000, you can do that. We're also looking for some sponsors, maybe some businesses, some organizations that'd be willing to come along and help us to underwrite uh, that May 7th evening as, as well. But you're cordially invited to come and be a part of a celebration of God's faithfulness toward us, God's goodness toward us. As a church, we also desire to, to grow in our faith to let our roots grow down deep into Jesus, to grow as disciples, to grow as disciple makers. And we do that through many, many opportunities. You have ABFs that started back up today, Adult Bible Fellowships, through CGs, through Monday Morning Bible Study. The little years, we have six weekly prayer groups that meet here on campus all throughout the week. College CGs, Kids Foundation, Student Connection, and so many, many more. Here are two of the many more. 
Uh, the men's and women's Bible studies will start back up on Wednesday nights beginning on January 25th. Uh, this semester, they're walking through First and Second Peter together. If you've not been a part of this before, it's a great time for you to be at a table uh, with six or seven other people. Uh, the, the men study together, the women study together. Uh, they learn how to study inductively. So in other words, you walk out of that class learning how to study the Bible for yourself and on your own. And so if you're interested in being a part of that on Wednesday night, you can sign up on, on the website. I think there's a QR code up on the screen as well. Uh, kind of normally speaking, um, there's about 300 women who have already signed up. And so that'll probably be about 350 by the time we get there. And men, just 125, which is pretty typical of men to kind of wait to the very last moment. We'd love to see more men sign up for that on Wednesday nights as we go through First and Second Peter together. Also, soul care. We began this about a year and a half ago. These are specialized groups that meet on Thursday night. It begins on January 26th this year. These groups are designed for support during difficult seasons, difficult either by your own choice or the choices of others, maybe difficult by life itself. Let me just kind of walk through these just to see if something sparks in you or for somebody else that you know, that you care for. We have a women's general support group, encouragement and support for life, for the issues of life. Women's betrayal support, if you've been hurt or betrayed or experienced unfaithfulness in your marriage. Women's healing from sexual brokenness. Maybe you dealt with or dealing with sexual sin or the fallout from it. Seen as our infertility and miscarriage support group. Support for those couples with the hopes of having children or the hurts of loss. A brand new group starting our post-abortion care for those who've experienced the loss of child through abortion. Sexual sanity for men. Learn ways to walk in holiness and impurity, daily disciplines. Grief support if you've experienced loss, the death of someone that you love. Divorce care, maybe you're recovering and healing and needing grace because you're in the middle of a divorce or after a divorce. Then freedom groups, our addiction recovery, support for recovery from an addiction. If any of those would be helpful for you, or again, maybe a family member, uh, a work associate, a neighbor, someone that you know, someone that you care for, you can go to our website and register for those soul care classes beginning on Thursday night, January the 26th. And then we're a church that loves to go. Whether it be in the neighborhood or, or to the nations, we'd love for you to find a place this year where you could reflect the grace of Christ through the gospel. First of all, we have neighborhood outreaches, including WIN, which is our after-school mentoring for kids in the neighborhood. We do this every day for a great number of kids that walk down from Dean Highland. Uh, we help them with their homework, share the gospel with them, play games, because every kid should be able to play some games. Uh, we feed them and really become an encouragement to them. Our Dean Highland partnership, we have new opportunities even this semester to be a reader in the library to the kids there, a cafeteria buddy or a teacher assistant, hoops huddle, using basketball as, as a door to share the gospel on Wednesday nights here at Highland. The Wellness Center, which now has electricity as of about a week and a half ago, and it's on the last phase before opening. These are all avenues that we use to share the gospel, to demonstrate the gospel to people around us in our neighborhood. We also have international missions. You see these listed on the screen as well. Highland teams will go to Taiwan, first of all, in May. If you're interested in that, those applications are actually due this week. Going to North Africa, an unnamed nation there in June. Applications are due in February. The Netherlands, we're going there in June, then sending two teams to Toronto, an English-speaking team and a Spanish-speaking team in June and July. All that information is on our website. Then our hoops teams, wow. They're going to Madagascar, Czech Republic, Mexico, DR, Kenya, Barbados, and Ghana. 
And so you don't have to be a basketball player, but if you love sharing the gospel with kids, um, Hoops for Hope becomes an avenue, an open door for us to use basketball to enter into some of these nations that are even hostile uh, specifically toward Christianity where you can go and share the good news of Christ. And college students, if you feel called at all to serve in the local church, you're looking for some kind of connection of service and spiritual growth, HLC, Highland Leadership College, taking applications. They're due at the end of this month. That, that's how we're gonna gather together. We're gonna grow deep into Christ and we have all kinds of opportunities for you to go and to demonstrate the gospel, to reflect the love of Jesus. How do we take all of this and seal it? How do we take all of this and, and, and receive power from God to accomplish these things that we see are, are before us? Well, the, the one word answer, you, you know it, is prayer. It's seeking the Lord. It's coming before him and saying, we, first of all, Jesus, we belong to you. Before we commit any plans to you, we commit ourselves to you. John Owechekwa says, where prayer is present in the church, it's saying something. It teaches the church that we really need the Lord. Where prayer is absent, it reinforces the assumption that we're okay without him. There are six prayer groups that meet every week, Highland prayer groups that meet throughout the week. You're always invited to be a part of that. In fact, on our church website, there's a whole page dedicated to prayer where you can see when and where all these prayer groups meet every single week. And even this Wednesday night, January 18th, we're gonna come back together for praise and prayer up in the chapel. At 6.30, we'll meet there. The chapel's on the other end of the campus from where we are right now. We're gonna, we're gonna meet with the Lord. We're gonna seek the Lord. We're gonna sing to the Lord. We're going to lay before him our requests. We're going to lay before him our lives, lay before him the year ahead here at Highland. Colossians chapter two, verse five. Paul says, for though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit. I am rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. I think that's the operative phrase there, in Christ. You see, the faith is in Christ, not in a personality, not in a preacher, not in a plan, not in a church, not in a program. Christ is the only object worthy of our faith. We say this in January, we have for 10 years now, and it's a good thing for me to say again to all of our hearts, for my heart to hear and for your heart to hear, Jesus is the shepherd of this church. Jesus is the head of this church. Jesus is the foundation of this church. It is not a preacher. It's not an elder. It's not any personality in this room today. It's not being Baptist. It's not the name of Highland. Jesus. Our aim is not to be a trendy church or a hip church or a large church. Our aim is to be a body of believers who have an unwavering faith in Christ. Would you stand with me, please? Let's pray together. Father, before we commit our plans, we need to commit ourselves. Before we commit to you any ideas, we need to commit this church once again to Christ as foundation, Christ as chief shepherd, Christ as the head. God, by your grace, would you unify us around the gospel, not around some vision, but around the good news of Christ. 
Unify us around the love of Jesus, that we might love one another. Unify us around the grace of God through Christ Jesus, that we might be receivers of that grace, but also distributors of that grace. Jesus, would you use us in 2023 to light up Waco, to light up the world. Jesus, you identified yourself as the light of the world and you called us the light of the world. That your people would be like a city set upon a hill and that we should not extinguish our flame but to let our light so shine people will see our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. So God, as we stand here on the front part of this, of this year, we commit ourselves to you. Individually, we commit our homes to you. We commit our relationships to you. We commit our finances to you. We commit our emotional health to you. We can commit our spiritual progress to you. We commit our hours, our days, our calendar, our agenda to you. And all these plans today, God, we hold so loosely, but we hold on to the cross so tightly. Our faith is in you, not a plan. With faith in Christ, we pray. Amen. So can I ask you those, those questions again? Do you love a local church? Are you pursuing spiritual health in that church? It is so easy to sit back and to say, I wish this church would do this and this and this. I wish they'd be better at this and this. It's so easy to be a spectator on the outside, a critic. And maybe the call for all of us today is to line our lives up to Scripture, that our hearts, our lives would be in good order and that there'd be a firm faith in Christ. Let me ask you that question. Do you love a local church? Are you pursuing the health of a local church? Are you longing, if you're at Highland, for Highland to be everything she can be in Christ? And if it's not Highland, local church that you belong to. And if not Highland, there are some great churches in Waco. Belong to them and pursue spiritual health in that church. Here's how we're closing today a little bit differently than perhaps we normally do. I'm asking you if you'd be willing to commit your heart and your life this year that everything that might happen to you, around you, would be for Christ. I'm also asking if you'd be willing to have 2023 be a year that you love this local church and that you long for her health and that you pursue her spiritual progress. If that is you or if that is many of you, would you come during this next song and just kneel here at the front and commit this church to Christ? Christ as shepherd, Christ as head, Christ as foundation. Would you commit yourself as well to good order this year in this church, to, to firm faith this year in this church? I'm gonna come kneel here at the front and I would love for you to come and, and kneel and commit yourself and commit 2023 to the glory of God and to the health 
and vision of this church. Let's sing together. I want you to please come.